try to take the last session for today. Uh, I ended with uh, this issue that we need, we need to speak in tongues because the, what we lack in the church today is not uh, necessarily better uh, educated theologians or uh, more cleverly crafted uh, Bible teaching. What we need more than anything else, we, we really need to see the power of God because it's the power of God that will change things. If we try to change things in our own power, in our own intellect, in our own strength, we will be discouraged and we will be defeated. The first disciples, uh, when they saw the success that they saw, that we read about in the book of Acts, it was not due to their intellect, it was not due to their education, it was due to one thing, the empowerment that they had gotten from the Holy Spirit, or the Holy Spirit that they had gotten from the Father. So we looked on how Paul says that he who speaks in tongue edify himself. We looked at Jude, who talks about building up yourself, praying in the Holy Spirit. Now, one of the questions that I am sometimes asked when I teach about uh, the Holy Spirit and when people have been reading uh, 1 Corinthians 14 is that in some way it seems that Paul is kind of lifting up the gift of prophecy more than gift of speaking in tongues. And I th that's true. I think he does that. Uh, but we will see that that doesn't mean that how to say, he who prophesy is greater in the sense of rank. I, I don't think God kind of have, if you have the gift of, heal, gift of healing, then you're here. If you have the gift of uh, discerning spirits, then you're maybe here. And if you have the gift of uh, tongues, then you're here. And if you have the gift of prophecy, um, then you're really cool. Then you have, you know, really, God will really use, you know, when you read chapter 12, you kind of see that it, there is no like, you know, that one gift is, should be more prioritized than another. Yet, there is a reason why the prophetic is so important when it comes to our churches. And there is a reason why Paul is kind of saying that the gift of prophecy is better than the gift of speaking in tongues. And let us just for the sake of context, read 1 Corinthians 14.5, so you, you know which verse I am referring to. 1 Corinthians 14.5, it says, I wish you all spoke with tongues, but even more that you prophesied. For he who prophesies is greater than he who speaks with tongues, unless, indeed, he interprets that the church may receive education, uh, edification, I mean. Uh, so yes, he does say that he who prophesies is greater, but notice where the emphasis is lying here. He says that he who prophesies is greater than he who speaks with tongues, unless he interprets. Why? That the church might be 
ed uh, receive edification, be edified. So what Paul is saying here is that the reason why the prophetic is so important is because in a church context, in a church gathering, that will edify the church more. And Paul is very clear, especially when you read 1 Corinthians 12, he is very clear that all the gifts, all these nine gifts of the Spirit that he mentions, the purpose is not that somebody will have a big healing ministry or that somebody may be a prophet and some may have uh, amazing miracles happen and they will get famous. No, the purpose is the edification of the church. In 1 Corinthians 12, 7, Paul saying that uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 7, but the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one, that's worth to notice, it's given to each one, that means that we can all partake in this. Why? For the, for the profit of all, or for the edification of all. So the reason why God gives the gifts of the Spirit is to strengthen the church, strengthen the fellowship. 1 Corinthians 14, 26, 26 he says, Let all things be done for edification. That's in a church context, context uh, that should be our focus. And 1 Corinthians 14, 31, for you may all prophesy one by one, which is also a good indication that the spiritual gifts is for everyone, because he says you can all prophesy one by one, that all may learn and all may be encouraged. So the reason why Paul is kind of elevating uh, the gift of prophecy above the gift of speaking in tongues as a private prayer language is because the gift of the Spirit is supposed to be for the church. So the gift of healing is not for me, it is for the sick people. The, the gift of prophecy is not for me, but it's for those who need a word from God. The, the, God, the gift of wisdom is not for me, but it's for me to help people in a situation where they need wisdom from God. All the gifts of the Spirit is not given for my benefit, but for the fellowship, for the edification of all. That's why the gift. But still, there is something special when we read about the gift, the, the personal gift of tongues, because that gift is not for other people. That is a gift for my edification. So in some kind of way, you can say that uh, in the context of what Paul is teaching about here, the gift of speaking in tongue, tongues as a private prayer language is the only gift that is for my edification and not for the fellowship. And now I hope you start to understand why Paul is elevating the gift of prophecy above the gift of speaking in tongues. It is because when we come together, our focus should not be what I can get, but it should rather be what I can contribute to the, to the fellowship. So the gift of prophecy is greater because it edifies other people. But now listen, in order for me to be able to edify you, 
I need to be edified myself. If I am empty, I have nothing to give. If I am spiritually drained, it is hard for me to try and function in the spiritual gift and try to bring encouragement to the fellowship. Why? Because I am spiritually weak, I am spiritually drained. So why is prophecy kind of being elevated upon before uh, the gift of tongues? It's because the gift of tongues is not a purpose in itself. The gift of tongues, speaking in tongues, is not the purpose. The gift of tongues is just a tool that God has given me so that I can be edified. And when I am edified, when I am strengthened, when my spiritual batteries are filled up, then I can prophesy. Then I can pray for the sick. Then I can, fun then I can, the Holy Spirit can work through me because my spirit has been edified and strengthened. So in that sense, the gift of speaking in tongues is just a precursor to the gift of prophesying. And that's also what we read in Acts 19. They got baptized in the Holy Spirit, they started to speak in tongues and prophesying. It's, it's kind of a natural uh, uh, order here where tongues is kind of like the entrance and when you get go through kind of this entrance then suddenly other gifts becomes available to you why because you have been spiritually charged you are spiritually being you have been spiritually edified and strengthened and from that position you can start to flow in the gift of of prophecy. And when you start to flow in the gift of prophecy, then it's no longer you who are being strengthened. Then it's the other people that are being encouraged. So that's why I believe it, it seems like Paul is elevating the gift of prophecy above the, the gifts of speaking in tongues. It's because speaking in tongues, that's just the start. That, that's kind of where it begins. But that should never be the end station. For many Christians, speaking in tongues becomes their end station. They, they stop there. They get so blessed, I can speak in tongues. And they use a lot of time speaking in tongues, but they never continue from there. Because the reason why gave you the, the ability to speak in tongues was that so that you would get strengthened and that you would take the next step and start to flow in the other gifts of the Spirit. So before you can edify others, you need to be edified yourself, and that's the purpose of speaking in tongues. It is to strengthen your spiritual life so that it will be easy for you to allow the Holy Spirit to flow through you so that you can minister to other people. Another thing that I think is amazing when it comes to this gift of speaking in tongues is that Paul says in 1 Corinthians 14, 2, that, we are, that nobody understands him, but he speaks mysteries. L let us read it. 1 Corinthians 14, 2. For he who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men, but to God. For no one understands him. However, in the spirit he speaks mystery. Many people miss how amazing this is. Because when I speak in tongues, 
Paul is saying here that it's kind of like God is praying through me. My mind is unfruitful. I don't know what I'm saying, but that doesn't mean that it doesn't have value. What is happening is that in the Spirit, I am speaking mystery. It's kind of like in, in this world that we are in, we know that prayer is a way f for us to, to kind of give God permission to, to opt to let his kingdom come, to let his will be done. That happens as we pray. But you know, there are many things that God wants to have done that, lay, that lies beyond my, what I know. It's very hard for me to, to specifically pray for someone if I don't know who that someone is. But if I allow God to pray through me, then I can, in the Spirit, speak mysteries. Or in, to say it more uh, in normal words, I can pray for things that is maybe a mystery for me. But God, He knows exactly who He needs prayer, who needs prayer. And if I make myself available so that he, I, I allow him to pray through me as I am praying in tongues, then God can use my voice to pray into specific situations so that when those situations happen, they have already been dealt with spiritually. I have experienced this in my life where I have been praying in, in tongues and as I am praying, I am may, suddenly getting a name that comes again and again and again. Uh, and I start to understand, oh, there is something happening here. And I continue to pray in the Spirit. And there was actually one very concrete time where, where I got a name. Uh, and I understood that I was praying for a person. And I continued to pray in tongues. And I started to understand that this problem, this uh, person had some problems with drugs. And I continued to pray in tongues. Then a few days later, there comes someone to the church who was deeply bound by drugs, uh, who had started with drugs from early childhood. The person comes and is immediately set free. No abstinence, no nothing. In one moment, that person is completely free. I believe the reason why it went so easy when we prayed for this person was because I had already been praying for that person. And it turns out that that person had exactly the same name that I had been getting when I had been praying in tongues. So it was a strong confirmation for me that when we prayed for this person, Spiritually speaking, the job was already done because I had already paved the way in the Spirit for that person to be set free. And there is countless other stories where this has happened, where when people have been praying in tongues, um, they have been praying for situations even before those situations occurred. I think that's kind of amazing. I don't know what the future, what tomorrow brings. But I know that God knows what tomorrow brings. And I believe that when I pray in tongues, I can pray for the things that maybe will happen tomorrow, but I cannot put words to them because I don't know about these situations. But if I allow myself to, if I allow God to pray through me, 
then he can pray through my voice for those situations, even before those situations happen, so that when it happens, things automatically just turns out. And we wonder, like, what really happened? What really happened is that we had been praying in tongues. And because of that, we had been praying for that situation even before that situation occurred. I think that is amazing when it comes to speaking in tongues. At the very end, I just want to address one issue before we close. Because one of the, one of the things that uh, often you will hear some people say when it comes to speaking in tongues that they will say, okay, well, maybe the gift of tongues is real, but it should only be used in private. Because Paul teaches that in 1 Corinthians 14. And again, then you are not really reading what Paul is saying. Because Paul is not saying in 1 Corinthians 14 that tongues should only be used in private. On the contrary, he actually says that tongues should be a part of what is happening when we gather together. Let me show it to you. Uh, 1 Corinthians, and we can, for the sake of context, let's read from verse 26 to 28. 1 Corinthians, verse 26 to 28. How is it then, brethren, whenever you come together, so he's talking about a public gathering here, each of you has a psalm, we agree with that, has a teaching, we say yes and amen to that, and then he says, has a tongue. So he says that tongue should be a part of the gathering, has a revelation, has an interpretation, and then he says, let all things be done for edification. So again, as we looked upon, that should be why we do it. If anyone speaks in a tongue, let there be two or three, or at the most three, each in turn, and let one interpret. I want you to notice here, he says, if anyone speaks in a tongue. He doesn't say don't speak in tongues. He knows he says if someone speaks in a tongue and then he comes with some instructions that there should be someone there to interpret. Why should he interpret? Because the purpose is not just to speak in tongues. The purpose is the edification of everyone there. And as when you read for uh, 1 Corinthians 14, you see that Paul is teaching that when somebody prays in tongues, they can actually pray to interpret what they are saying so that what they are praying doesn't only become for their own edification, but now suddenly it becomes of benefit for the fellowship. And then he says, but if there is no interpreter, let them keep silent in church. And then it says, and let him speak to himself and to God. Just not to dwell too long on it, when Paul, what Paul is saying in 1 Corinthians 14, and when he's, what he says when he says that when I come to, get, come to you, I would rather speak uh, five words with understanding than 10,000 words in tongues. He is not telling them not to speak in tongues. That becomes very clear when you read the whole chapter. But he is giving them some instruction he says that when I stand up to preach, I stop speaking in tongues. Why? Because it will not benefit you. It doesn't help you that I stand on the pulpit and speak a whole lot of things in tongues. 
because that's for my edification. So when I stand up to teach, it would be better if I used words that you can understand. But when you read the whole context, you see that tongues serve a purpose because in order for me to stand up and have something to give, I need to have my spiritual batteries charged. And when they are charged, then I can stand up. And then I can start to speak in words of understanding or words of prophecy, and you will be encouraged. So Paul is not saying that we shouldn't speak in tongues in public gatherings. He's just saying that when you address the congregation, make sure you speak a language that they understand, or if you address the congregation speaking in a tongue, make sure that it's being interpreted, either if you do it yourself or if there is somebody else there who can do it. Another point that I think is worth mentioning when it comes to this is that I think it's very important that we read the Bible in context, and that's usually where things go wrong, is because people take out one verse here and one verse there. It's very interesting if you try to read 1 Corinthians 14 and try to read it and at the same time look at how the gift of tongues was used in the book of Acts. Because in 1 Corinthians 14, there is clear teaching about the gift of tongues. In the book of Acts, there is not so much teaching about the, the gift of tongues, but there we see how they practiced the teaching. So in some kind of way, you can say that 1 Corinthians 14 is the teaching, and the book of Acts, there you see the teaching lived out. And it's very interesting when you read the book of Acts, every single time tongues are mentioned, it is in a public gathering. It doesn't mention one single time people using tongues in their own prayer closets by themselves. No, every single time in the book of Acts where tongues is mentioned, it is in a public place, in a public gatherings where people could hear what was going on. So what is the conclusion? Should we use tongues in a public gathering or should we not use tongues in a public gathering? When I stand up to teach, it doesn't make sense speaking in tongues because you will not understand it. That does not mean that I cannot use tongues uh, in a public gathering because when I, during the worship, when the worship band is playing and we are worshiping God and people are lifting their hands and we are just enjoying the presence of God, then I can speak in tongues because then I'm not speaking to my neighbor. Then it's me and God. Maybe the neighbor is standing right next to me and he can hear what I'm saying. That's another issue. But when we are worshiping God, it is me and God. Then, then I'm not trying to speak to my neighbor or to impress somebody else. Then I am with God. So in a congregation, when we are worshiping God, it is very okay to speak in tongues because in that moment when we are worshiping God and singing and uh, praying, then it's me and God. But the moment I get up on the pulpit and start to address the church, then I need to switch. 
then I need to switch to a language that people can understand so that they can be benefit, benefited or edified. If I am praying for someone, I may pray in tongues as I start to pray for them, not, not because I'm talking to them, but because I'm charging my spiritual batteries. So I maybe be praying in tongues uh, as I'm getting ready to pray for someone, and then when I feel maybe I have a word or maybe feel that now is the time, then I can start to pray in a language that they can understand. But Paul is not saying, oh, by all means, don't let, don't let anyone hear you when you speak in tongues. No, that's not, what, that's not his point. His point is just that when we get together, the main purpose is that we all will be edified. So because of that, when I am addressing the church, I do it in a language people can understand. But it doesn't mean that as I maybe am preparing to get up on stage to preach, it doesn't mean that then it's not okay for me to, to maybe pray in tongues as the worship is playing and as I'm getting ready to preach. I often speak in tongues to charge my spiritual batteries so that when I get up, then I have something to give. Psalm 166, uh, Psalm 119, verse 160, says that the sum of the Word of God is truth. And I think that's so important. When we talk about this issue of tongues, we need to realize, we don't take verses out of context or take one verse here and one verse there. No, read the context. Read 1 Corinthians 14. See how it is being lived out in the book of Acts. And don't just pick and choose the verses you like, but read the context. And when you do that, it becomes very clear that tongues are for today. Tongues is for everyone. It's a gift God gives you to, that you will be edified and strengthened and so that the other gifts of the Spirit can start to flow and manifest in your life. Amen. Let's stop there and then we will continue later. Mm -hmm.